the game on the line, you can't fold and you can't bend. Y'all uh, be playing it safe and I be going for the win. Remember back when they was doubting on the kid. Uh, now they tuned in cause my game too legit. Hey, 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 what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to Forgiven AF Podcast. This is a second chance podcast that we use for marketing material for our second chance mentors program. Um, I missed last week, y'all. So this is the first time in 13 episodes that uh, that I missed a week. And I've been kind of beat myself about beat myself up about it. But, you know, we opened a new gym and I'm back on that 4 a.m. grind every day, just getting both gyms running, trying to learn how systems work and everything. So thank you for the grace on that, y'all. Um, you know, I love doing this. I love producing this content for you guys, um, bringing value to your lives. I feel like uh, information that we bring can sometimes help us in different situations we have going on. But um, the mentorship program right now, um, it, it's been a struggle these past couple of weeks. I want to be completely transparent. I know I always want to make it seem like we're doing all these great things and these kids have all this life change and everyone's, you know, changing lives. But to be fully transparent, we've had some issues with some of these boys the last couple of weeks getting in trouble. And, you know, when... When I chose the type of kids that, that we wanted to work with, um, I know that, uh, that the, and these are the kids I want to work out. It's going to be a little bit harder. There's going to be struggles. You know, they're going to fall off and get back on. But, you know, uh, we're just going to keep pushing and keep pouring into these kids because that's what it's about. Um, yesterday, so our guest on the show today, his name is Reggie George. Reggie George is the founder of the Father Figure Movement, which is, I just can't wait for you guys to hear all about it and learn what he, you know, what he's doing and, and his purpose and his why. Um, yesterday, Derek Johns invited Reggie, myself, and 13 other guys in the same sort of like, you know, positive fatherhood influencer space to an event. And uh, man, it was so good. There was so much awesome information shared. Uh, men were pouring their hearts out. You know, um, it, it just it was a really cool event uh, to try to push the positivity of, of fatherhood and and just being a man in general and being okay to show be vulnerable and show, you know, your struggles. And so real quick with that, what I, what I want to share is if you, as a man out there, don't be scared to, uh, to find other men with similar things, you know, that they're going through and values and goals to live your life with, you know, the saying iron sharpens iron. Um, and that's so legit. And, you know, I'm really thankful for, uh, Derek Johns with the dear son, uh, podcast and the, the Roku channel, because that, what we did yesterday is all going to be on the Roku channel. So when I get all the information on that, I'm a, I'm going to put it out there, but um, for what I got today for us is really special, y'all. Um, again, I said his name is Reggie George. Um, since the first time we met, and that's like a cool benefit of kind of this network of men that we're together uh, is a bunch of men that have like the same sort of goals. So Reggie, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, could you tell my listeners kind of like who you are real quick, just kind of like a base information of, you know, where you come from? And Well, sure, Sean. First of all, let me say thank you for having me on the platform, bro. You know, I appreciate it. Um, again, Reggie George, founder the Father Figure Movement, man. Been married um, 21 years to my beautiful wife, Tiffany, man. I'm the father of a set of twin girls, Kennedy and Camden. They're 16, man. Um, originally from Arkansas, man. I'm a military brat. Uh, my father was in the military for almost 30 years, man. So I've been all over this globe, um, in Europe, all overseas, every military base in the States, man. So... Um, that's, that's really it in a nutshell, man. Just, just a, um, uh, a lifelong entrepreneur, man. But, um, like you said, my, my, my purpose venture is the father figure movement and father figure repair. And it's so, and it's an awesome movement. And the, 
I, I wear the brand all the time. This isn't the first time I've had the hat on. I didn't wear this just because you right. were coming on here. Like I wear it. You know what I mean? Like I really do. Yeah. My favorite shirt is the fathers, are, fathers are essential. Like yeah. that's my favorite shirt that I have. Um, so, and I actually got this little saying from you. I know it's a TD Jakes thing, but, um, that, what was it? Um, provokes, what, what was you can, it? You can be provoked into purpose. That you can be provoked into your purpose. Right. Like, and when you sit and think about it, like, that's really deep. Can you, uh, and again, I know this is something that you share, but this is something that's very sensitive. Um, it's real. Um, so thank you for being willing to share this, but can you kind of share uh, your story of like what happened with your daughter and, you know, what provoked you into your purpose? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm a, a barbershop salon owner by trade, man. Uh, been in been in that industry for about almost twenty years, man. Um, and actually, on this particular day, which was May twentieth of, of two thousand nineteen, man, I was in one of my shops um, just cleaning up, and uh, my wife calls me, and she normally calls me about you know whatever time it was, maybe about three o'clock, and we just talking normally on, um, and we actually kind of get into it, man. And, um, so we hang up the phone and about, man, maybe two minutes later, she called me right back. And at this time, man, she, she, she's hysterical. You know what I'm saying? She like my oldest twin Kennedy called her and said something had happened to Camden. And at this time they, they weren't hundred percent specific about what happened. So she like, I'm on my way to the school. I'll call you right back. So at that time, man, I'm I'm trying to wrap up, man. I still got wax on the floor, all kind of stuff. So I'm trying to wrap up, and I'm not really thinking it's it's something major, but I know it's something different if she called. And and at this time, man, like I said, it was a, it was right around dismissal time. So I was like, you know, that's kind of weird, man. And my wife calls me directly back and says that Kennedy said that Camden, my youngest twin, had been stabbed. And man, you know, <clears throat> immediately as a father, I'm thinking she said grabbed, or I'm thinking, you know, because I'm like, man, I know she didn't say stabbed. Ain't no way you said that. But um, she like, no, Reg, she said she'd been stabbed, a little boy or a boy. At the time, my girl, that my girls are 16, they were 13 at this time. She said that a 15-year-old little boy had stabbed my daughter in the head with a pair of scissors in the cafeteria. And, and man, you're talking about a T-shirt, like that teacher issue pair of scissors. Um, but, Sean, you, you can imagine, bro, I'm, I immediately, man, I get in my truck, and I, I'm, man, I'm probably doing 90, 95 down Cooper, uh, trying, to get, trying to get to the school. But on the, on the, I'm still on the phone with my wife, man, and now at this point, I'm hysteric. You know what I'm saying? I'm hysterical because it's like, what's going on? And and she like, she's still conscious, but she in it. She passing out, or you know, and and uh, bro, I'm I'm almost yelling at my wife like she did it. Like, man, what is going on with my baby? You know, and um, really by the grace of God from, from the man piece, man, by the grace of God, I was able to skip the school where they still had the boy in custody um, because they had transported her to the hospital by this time. But, um, you know, just kind of make a, a, a longer short story shorter. 
we get to the hospital in Mansfield and uh, I beat them there, man. And they wheel my baby in, in the back and immediately I kind of see her in and out of consciousness, you know, and, um, man, I'm so heated at this time, man. Like everybody's staying away from me. You got some of the coaches, some of the staff was at the hospital. My, my folks had showed up, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go crazy, but <clears throat> the doctor pulls me and my wife to the side and said, like, like, look, she's still conscious, but the scissors punctured her skull and punctured her brain, and we see two blood clots on her brain. So he's like, man, we're going to have to immediately care flight her to, um, and they said between Cooks and I forget the, the hospital in, in Dallas, man, so... They strap her in. That's that's probably one of the hardest things. And I and, and I tell the story all the time, man, but I don't think I've said that part in a long time, man. Just how hard it is to see your baby get strapped in into a helicopter. You know what I'm saying? But um they they care flight her to Cooks. So we take the trip from Mansfield to Fort Worth. And uh, my wife and I, man, we met at Cooks by the chaplain, there's two chaplains. So immediately, like, I'm like, oh, man, come on, bro. You know, where I'm from, man, you know, you see the chaplain, it ain't, it, 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 that's just what it is. So I immediately go into the father res, like, man, what's going on? Did my baby make the flight? And um, they like, yeah, this is just protocol X, Y, Z. We walk a little bit further down. Into a hallway, we met by a neurosurgeon, man, um, who we later found out was one of the best neurosurgeons in the country. And, man, he already prepped. You know, he already, you know, he ready for surgery. So I know it's pretty bad at that point. I'm talking about, Sean, we not in the waiting room. We know we in the hallway. He like, look, man, I'm a, you, you need to sign here, 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 here. I'm going to make a, a, a huge question mark incision from the crown of her head to, to behind her ear. We're going to remove her skull. We're going to operate and try to remove the blood clots. Um, and, bro, he's like, man, there's actually three blood clots in her brain, and if we don't go now, she ain't going to make it. And, um, and from that point, man, we we wait for for over eight hours, man, while my baby's in, a, in, a, in an emergency brain surgery. And... Um, you know, from from a father's perspective, and I'm pretty sure my wife and, and my daughter and everybody else, but just from my perspective, those eight hours felt like about two weeks. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just it's just one of those deals where, um, and, and 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 you know that's just the tip of the iceberg, but that just gives everybody perspective on what provoked the the father figure movement what provoked um the apparel is the incident but what really made um the brand come to life man is that you know as as and 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 uh, put some put some put some perspective on like my daughter is doing excellent right now man she she has had to learn how to walk talk read write um because the the blood clots during surgery um, caused her to have a massive stroke during surgery, man. And um, 
that is one of the pieces that, um, for me as a father, for me as a man, gave me solace in, in creating a brand because sometimes you don't, you don't, you, you know, you, you kind of, you don't want to flirt with saying, am I trying to monetize this, this trauma or drama mm-hmm. or, but for us, it was truly, um, as this incident went on, they charged the little boy with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, which they thought was actually going to be a murder charge. Yeah. And it took them about, took them about six days to even figure out what they were going to charge him with. Cause they thought my baby was going to die. And, um, so I remember, man, me and my wife showing up to our first court appearance and me asking God, because for me, this was going to be my first time seeing a little boy. So I'm asking God, like, man, God, give me a reason not to kill this dude. So uh, can I interrupt you for a second? No, nah, go ahead. Okay. So coming into it, like today, planning and prepping for this, <clears throat> I had all these questions and all these notes of how I was going to run this. And now sitting here across the table from you, listening to you talk about this, it was like, for one, I was trying not to cry. But then for two, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, oh, my gosh, this is so much. Like, the emotions of it is yeah. it's deep. Like, it's really hard. I can't even imagine um, sitting. And I want to go back on something that I've heard you say and share at another event when uh, you talked about you, a, you have a strong relationship with the Lord, right? right? Like, you love God. And then one time you were talking about how you were sitting in that waiting room and you were like, man, God, like, fix my baby, fix my baby, Lord, fix my baby. And you even had the thought cross your mind, like, am I still going to love this God that I love with all my heart if he takes my baby away? Well, and Sean, that's 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 one of the things that... Um, Is it okay that I brought that up? No, nah, okay. 100%, 100%. But that's one of the hardest faith pieces as a man that I've ever had to... Um, encounter yeah, because I can't even imagine I because can't. because you we all and especially those of us who are believers man we all think we have a certain amount of faith or we think we 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 trust God or we trust you know because we hear you know the the, the Bible says I know the plans I have for you the plans to 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 prosper you and not to harm you but when you when you have to um come to grips with Is is my baby dying part of the plan? Like, like, am I going like? It, it's hard. It's hard. If there's so many, I mean, it's and just not just that. I mean, just in life in general, there's so much bad stuff that happens, and and you think like, how could, and it, and there's answers to it, but like, how could God allow this to happen? And it's not. We have to remember that God doesn't. God gives everybody free will, right? And it's the people's free will that causes these negative things to happen. There you, you go. Know? And and a lot of times, bro, and especially, man, in our instance, man, like my girls were in the eighth grade. So from kindergarten to the eighth grade, I had taken them to school every single day. So on this particular day, all I did was what I, what I had normally done their whole life is drop them off at school. So having to think like, man, was this in the plan the whole time? Like, God, all I did was drop them off at school. 7.30 a.m., and by 6.30 p.m., we in emergency brain surgery. And, man, it's it's that thing will challenge your faith to the core. Yeah, I can't even imagine, to be honest. And I just want to – I know you said this, but I just want to make sure that we cl- 
and everyone knows that his daughter did survive and she's now i mean i remember you sharing the testimony of how you can't even tell that it's like at this point she's completely 100 percent. and that's the god question i think everybody who sees them and that's the that's the gift of having twins man is is and i and i make sure every time somebody asks them like man you know what you, that's the god question because everybody asks like which one was it oh that's crazy come yeah. on bro like my baby she has had two major brain surgeries. She had a stroke. Everything on the right side of her body was paralyzed. She had to have the left side of her. Me and you had more hair on the left side of our head than she had after getting it shaved, man. My baby had 58 staples in her head. Her second surgery, man, her, her, her skull was in an incubator for two months because her brain had so much swelling and blood and fluid that they couldn't, they in, in order for her brain to swell externally and not internally, they had to remove her skull. So her her last surgery was to replace her bone. That's crazy. And 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 you get to ask which one was it? That's that is such a god thing. Like I don't feel like that could even be a possibility from all those surgeries Bro, and all the. Every time I tell the story, man, um, people think I'm still talking about. Um, my child still being wheelchair bound or not walking or, you know, just because, man, we, most of us have seen stroke victims. And 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 this neurosurgeon told us my baby had a, a stroke that a 90-year-old wouldn't have. Mm. But, um, bro, you, you, you are a fitness guru. And if you see how strong and... That's what I mean. I understand. I get it. And I understand how the stroke stuff work. And I understand that... And it's crazy that she has full function of her whole body. And man, we we man, my girls who they they love basketball, bro. We we thought basketball was completely out of the question. Even even if you even if you do walk and you you gain just from a just from a a, a brain injury standpoint, we like man, basketball is out of the question. Man, her last checkup, the neurosurgeon because he always checks her strength and agility and balance. And he was like, and this is crazy, bro. And I think this is probably the first time I've, I've said this publicly, is her neurosurgeon told her that if I wasn't the one who did your surgery, I wouldn't know anything was wrong with you. That's so crazy. Come on, bro. And you said he's the one who's done, he's like really like a famous neurosurgeon. So it's not like he's just blowing smoke. At, at all, bro. Like, I promise you, man, he, it's almost sometimes like he wants to give her some 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 guidelines or some dues. He's just like, man. He's like, you're good. You're like, man, go, see, go be a 16-year-old. God, that's so crazy. God is so good. It's crazy how he can turn that for – I mean, so let's look at it this way. So, yes, it's super sad that your daughter had to go through that, right, and that you had to go through that. Your family should have never had to experience that yep. whatsoever. But now because of – your daughter and now overcoming it. But because of that, now you have a brand and a movement that's helping countless dude. Do you know how many men are involved in your content and stuff that you're helping to become a better father and to become a better bro? The present not perfect is like that's I learned that from you. I don't know what like where it came from. It doesn't really matter. I learned it from you um, because if you're willing to be sharing stuff like that and the present not perfect has taken a huge stress and anxiety out of my parenting. Like I've always struggled. Oh, am I doing this perfect? Am I doing this wrong? Is this going to cause this? And it's like, man, you've taught me that it's just, dude, be there, just be there, be present. Man, because, because a lot of times, Sean, and, and we talked about it on the platform before, 
<clears throat> what I had to learn in probably our darkest moment, our dark darkest moments, plural, is that, man, we are perfect to them. You know, like, there, there's, there's no other way to cut it. Like, you and I know what imperfect is or what, what standard perfect hold us, holds us to. But to our kids, bro, like, you are perfect even in your imperfections, because when they give you, um, when they give us that dad report card, most of us getting all A's just from, just from being present, bro. Just from being present, we getting all A's. I love that. That's really good. Can I switch back to when you started off with talking about your dad and traveling all over the military? Um, Obviously, even before this happened with your daughters, you've always been a present father. Right. So that's not like that wasn't like something that had to waken that up. Do you feel like you're having a father influence the way you did, uh, played an influence on the way you are for your kids? A hundred percent, bro. And and um, not just having a present father, but having an active father. And that's um, what gives me the courage to. Um, deal with situations like we had to go through or gives me the insight or man, a lot of times give me, gives me that shoulder to cry on or that, that, that man that I need to fall back on, you know, because um, even though my father was a military man, a very stern, very, and I wouldn't even say strict. He was just, you know, no nonsense, Yeah, you know, and sometimes people will, you know, correlate that to being strict. My dad, my dad was was very lenient when it came to curfews, and but he was strict on saying like, "Look, if I tell you to be in at eleven, yeah, that's what time you're supposed to be in. Just be in at eleven. My dad is the literally exact same way. My dad's twenty five year Navy, um, Naval Academy. He was the exact same way that we traveled all over military wise. So I feel like we had pretty much very similar. My dad was very strict. If I did something to disappoint my dad, he was going to let us know. Yeah, for sure. But he wasn't like looking for. He wasn't like trying to catch me doing stuff. Like he gave me my freedom. He was just like you said, stern. Um, and, and and it just implements a certain level of accountability and responsibility. Like yeah. even like man, I thought my curfew or you know the 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 rope that I was given was always cool. Like I said, I never felt like I was just in a prison. Yeah. But um, my dad was always gonna hold us accountable to whatever length of rope I gave you for sure. And that's good. And that you could tell that in the way you carry yourself, you know, you're disciplined, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to do what you do. So uh, it's funny about the, the brand, right? Cause I have a, um, do you know the art of homage brand, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. friends with some of those guys. And, um, a lot of people think that they're like, Oh man, I want to start a brand. I'm just going to put, get one t-shirt with the design. that's going to make me rich. Right. They don't realize how you have to, you need people to buy multiple items if you want to have a successful company. It's not like you can just have one shirt. Then I buy that shirt and then I don't ever need to buy the shirt again, yeah, right? That's it. There's a lot of discipline and work and, and networking and content that goes into building a brand. And what you've built with a father figure, for one, I just love for what it stands for. But for two, you have like some big time influencers, like some big time people that support your brand, man. Like I, I see Deion Sanders, who's like, Probably one. Of, I love Deion Sanders, man. I yeah. love everything he stands for. I see him wearing your stuff all the time, resharing, posting your stuff. Um, actually, me and you, I think when we first met, you shared something that I had put out on one of my podcasts. And this is just, I can't even explain how thankful I am for this. And um, 
a couple hours later, I get a message from Katino Mobley. Now, I don't know if a lot of people don't maybe don't know who Katino Mobley is, but Katino Mobley grew up in Philadelphia where I grew up. And then he was ended up playing for Houston Rockets for like ever, right? right. He was like their point guard or maybe shooting guard for the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. I loved Katino Mobley. He literally hit me up on Instagram and was like, hey, man, I saw, uh, you know, something that Reggie George had shared. Um, he goes, man, I really like what you're doing. He's like, uh, maybe I can get you on my show. Like, bro, but that was all because of your influence. Yeah, but, but, but you know, Sean, it's, it's, it's about a, a genuine community, though. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I love about collaborating with your Dion's and, and Catino's and, you know, just some huge figures that we know from sports and they yeah. celebrities. But as fathers and father figures, bro, they, they connect with us just as much as we connect with them. Yeah, you know, that's cool. and, and that's all it is, 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 you know, what's great about all of our platforms, man, is that once somebody sees me on your platform, somebody sees you on my platform, that's, that's the ultimate cosign. They know yeah. that if I deal with Sean, then I probably can deal with Reggie. Yeah. And if I deal with Reggie, I probably can deal with Sean. Yeah, and true. especially when you're talking about the space of being fathers, when you're talking about the space of being mentors and 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 just like you saying with the with the with the with the kids and you know, that space right there, man, really brings us all down to the same level. Yeah. Even though we see them as superstars oh, sure. and NBA you know, like, man, because I was a big, as big a fan as Coutinho, man. That's with the Clippers and with Houston. Yeah. Like him and him and uh, uh, Steve Francis was probably one of my favorite backcourts. But in this space. We all just dads. We all out We here. all just trying to raise a we kid to be a successful here. kid. Yeah. That's so true. And it's funny when I, uh, a couple of times when I've been talking to different men and, I, and I'm like, yeah, man, so I'm really trying to push this fatherhood stuff. I'm really, and they're like, yeah. And they know about my mentorship, and they know most of the kids in our, you know, mentorship are either like black, Hispanic. And we got a couple of white kids, and uh, and they was and they were like, yeah, man, we, it's really good. The black community does need to learn more about fatherhood, not like in a racist way, but just in a and it and it would actually like took me back because my my little boy has about three or four little friends that he hangs out with. I don't think a single one, of, and they're all little white kids. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them has a dad around. I think that people start trying to look at that as like a that is not the case anymore. It's it's fatherhood in general it's white fathers black fathers hispanic fathers it's it's a whole collaboration of everyone that needs to get back on board um and making fatherhood great again like making fatherhood something that's important again making it some because we're gonna see the statistics of kids that grow up without fathers incarcerations through the roof um domestic abuse is through the roof uh you know promiscuity and infidelity is through the roof because crime. they've just never seen it modeled for them. Just crime in general. Crime, yeah. yeah so. just, and Sean, you, you're hitting the nail on the head, man, it is because absenteeism is not a is not a race thing. It's not a race thing. I think it's just sometimes it's it's just put under a microscope in the black and brown communities, but it affects our young people the same across the board. A hundred percent. I mean, dude, it's not, I don't even think it should be a micro a microscope on any community when it comes to it. I think it's something that it's almost been, and here's the thing too. There's some groups of people. And, and it's, again, I, I stay very like out of politics, anything like that, but there's a lot of stuff that, that gets pushed um, almost promoting single motherhood as yeah. being like a positive thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, God designed 
a husband, a male and a female to have a kid together. You know what I mean? Like he, there's definitely a design for the male and the female to be there together raising a kid, you know? Yeah. And I don't, and if that offends somebody, like, I'm sorry, but I'm really not that sorry, you know? Because Sean, I'm going to give you, and not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, but you're good. The thing is, is about um, if there's a seed planted, you can't cultivate the seed just with the soil. You can't cultivate the seed just with the water. Yeah, it takes both, right? You need the seed, you need the seed, but you need the soil and the water in order to cultivate it. Yeah. And a lot of times we we look at that seed and say, look, I'm just going to highlight the soil. Or I'm going to highlight the water. When we both know all all you just said is that our seeds need the soil and the water in order to get the, the best crop. It's so funny how you can put it in perspective like that. And it's like, yeah, of course, duh. Right. But then when people start talking about like families and I want everyone to know this, listen to this. I'm not, if you're a single mother or a single father or like, I'm not throwing any shade and I'm not trying to like make you feel like you've done anything wrong or that your kid can't be amazing. Cause I know amazing kids raised by single parents. I think what we're just trying to do is just push the, um, the importance of it so that maybe, you know, in the future it can be more, does, does that make sense? No, it, it, it makes 100% sense because in order for the child to get here, it took both of y'all. Exactly, that's true. And 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 see, now that's the confusing part for, for men like myself is that once the child is here, how does that not make sense anymore? That's so true. That's it, really you know, good, yeah. And and that's what, that's what, excuse my French, that's what kind of pisses me off about the whole concept because we do highlight single motherhood and we sign it. And and again, that's not to discount single motherhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not to highlight an absent father either. That's so good. That's a way better way to look at it. Yeah, and, and a lot the- of times when when you are present, when you are present and an active father to the to us, that's how that looks. It looks like you're promoting yeah um, single motherhood, but also indirectly promoting yeah, and that's. That's so good. We're not trying to, de- you know, we're not trying to talk bad about the single motherhood. It's more of we're trying to highlight the absentee father. There we go. And that's that's really what the movement, that's what the apparel is about. And that's what, you know, I hear a lot of fathers like, man, I don't want kudos for doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, no, nah, it's not about that. It's about encouraging those who who may think they have excuses or may think that there's a legitimate reason not to be around. And And again, man, being active and being present is not an easy task. It's not, some of us make it look easy, but all of us have choices. Again, go, going back to what you said earlier, we, we all gifted with free will. Yeah. But if in your free will, you have decided not to be a present father, all we're trying to do is highlight the fact that you're an heir. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's you're, a good one. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's no excuse. It's no out. Again, we being married, doesn't make my wife any de- any any easier to deal with than your baby mama, but it, but again we we let we let society think that baby mama is harder to deal with than wife. Like no, it that's that's a that's a horrible it might stereotype. Might even be easier because you don't have to be there twenty four seven, right? Come on, that's actually a really good. That's good. All right, let me see. Um, one thing that I really want to ask, and I'm really excited for your answer. I told you that we kind of. Oh, actually, first before I get to that. I have two questions. One, can you, before I forget, can you tell my listeners how they find uh, 
you know, the merchandise and find you personally so they they know where to find you? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, Father Figure Apparel on Instagram, um, www.f2apparel.store um, is our is our shop. And then um, the Father Figure Movement on all the other platforms, Facebook, man, we on uh, LinkedIn, Reggie George. Um, it'll probably be tied to the two. So, you know, look Reggie George or the Father Figure Movement. Perfect. Um, uh, fatherfiguremovement.com is the website. Cool. So so definitely, man, just. Yeah, go and support y'all. Cause it, and not just because of what they're doing and what they're pushing. The merchandise is awesome. Like, the hoodies aren't just a hoodie with some nylon. Like, I mean, the hoodie's got, like, the symbols and, like, suede. Like, the the products are awesome. He yeah. definitely goes above and beyond to buy, like, the best quality products that he puts his brand on. So you're not going to be buying any junk. Now I got two hard questions for him, y'all. So, um this is going to be, I'm excited to hear what he has to say because I really like listening to, to him speak. So um, the first one I'm going to go to is, have you found it in your heart to forgive the kid that stabbed your daughter? Man, 100%. Um, and, and Sean, for a long time, um, even once I had decided to forgive him, um, I was almost borderline embarrassed to say that publicly because as fathers, man, you know, and, and then for me, Every father I speak to has the same reaction to what happened. Like, well, I would have oh, killed, oh, killed him. I would have killed him. Like, yeah. oh, man, you better. And, and, and they say that like I didn't have those thoughts or I didn't um, think the most heinous, you know, violent stuff ever. And I did. I had every one of those thoughts, man. And that's why I had to get to the point where I forgave him because it was 100%. Zero percent for him, a hundred percent for me. Yeah, and what what happens if you do retaliate? You're locked up and you're no longer a father figure. There we, there we go. And without and without that forgiveness, bro, I was going to retaliate. Yeah. I don't care how much better my baby got. I don't, man. We still got triggers. We mm. we three years out, man, and it's still a. My baby has to hoop with protective hel- helmet and and headgear, and you know the mental aspect for both of my kids man just think about her sister having to watch her get stabbed and watch her Mm. bleed out in the cafeteria and watch her get care flighted and watch her in a wheelchair and not you know like man it if I don't forgive this boy eventually I kill him and man I that's not I hope don't nobody take that as some kind of threat or that's me being 100% vulnerable in my manhood is that because of the triggers that are still there now, if I still had unforgiveness in my heart, I would I would eventually act on that. Yeah, that w- that would be really hard. I mean, you shared a story the other day, and I don't mean to like put this out there to like em- embarrass her or nothing, but like you said that she wears head that she has to wear her headgear when right. she plays basketball, and you said there was a group of kids at a school that were making jokes like, "Hey, you want shoulder pads with your helmet right. or something?" Like trying right. to make jokes. Can you? I can't even imagine uh, for one going through what your daughter's been through, but then to now still have to deal with the you know like that's got to be hard as a father. Man, like, but but Sean, you want to protect, you know what I mean? But Sean, that's speaking exactly to the question that you asked. If 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 this boy is not forgiven in my heart, I completely react to these little boys who are about the same age. Oh, that's good, dude. Man, we are on we are on one side of the gym and these and these cats they just heckling my baby. First it was just on some on some basketball stuff. But then she made a couple plays, man, and then they started just singling out. She wear twelve. 
Like number 12 this and number 12 that. You need number 12, you need some shoulder pads. And Man, and I walk all the way on the other side of the gym. But as I'm walking, Sean, and, and I think I put that in my Facebook post, man, I'm literally thanking God. Like, God, I thank you that, first of all, that you allow me to forgive this boy, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm not walking over here with that kind of malice in my heart. That shows that you actually have forgiven that kid. Because if not, think about any time someone ever did something like that to your daughter, you would lash out like, like it was the boy. Like it, 100%, man. And, and again, even with them, they could hear, they could hear the sternness in my voice. Like, bro, look, I'm her father. I'm number 12's father. Yeah. This is this is all I'm asking y'all, and I'm only gonna ask you once. Leave her alone. You said they ain't say another word. And I I think, bro, you could have heard crickets <laughs> in the gym for the rest of the game. Yeah. And again, and 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 and, and just a quick note, Sean. My daughter is so. Um, so into being a 16-year-old and enjoying basketball and just trying to be normal. Man, I probably – I don't think she probably heard a word that these boys were saying. She's so, that lock, she's so locked into the game, man, and so locked into just, you know, just being able to play and, and, and be out there. Man, I, I promise you, I've asked her twice, and I don't think she heard a word that they said. That's really big of her to be able to – because I feel like after something like that – if I personally had to be singled out wearing a helmet, or not a helmet, maybe just protective covering, I'm not sure what you're going to No, that's a whole helmet. While I'm playing basketball, yeah. I definitely feel like I would be, like, super trying to pick up on who's do You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because of the insecurity of it. So that's big ups to your daughter, man. I think that, but it also shows that you have spoken so much life into her that she still has confidence in who she is, even though she has to, be, you know what I mean? And now, now that's your superpower. I tell them all the time, like, man, we're not going to succumb to no no heckling and, yeah. and making teasing and now, now that we got social media and all that yeah. like man that's your superpower that's your that. cape especially with little girls man i think and, and i don't have a, any daughters i always wanted to, i've always wanted a daughter but uh, it doesn't look like that's gonna happen i'm trying to talk my wife into adoption but we'll see how that goes <laughs> um but a, a girl's like relationship with their father is like you've you, man i don't even know if this is rude or whatever but you've seen the girls that have not had relationships oh, with their 100%. fathers and the, and the way they're like you know not all of them again i know i'm being stereotypical a little bit but there's always that like a girl's relationship with her father is so important to have 100%. that structure so that she knows like i don't need to go find my who i am in some boy you know and sean i i just posted the 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 clip from michelle obama and man she she spoke a hundred percent into how important that entity is for our young girls. Like, man, if I could post oh, that thing. Oh, having a father like that? Yeah. yeah. If if I could post that thing, I probably will. I'm going to post it probably once a week for at least a month. Because, man, it speaks exactly to what you're saying. And what you, and it applies to, to, to boys and girls, but yeah. to the girls even more because. Um, it becomes more of a relationship almost. And I don't mean to say sexual thing, but it becomes more of like a, if this is how I need to find my worth with this man. There we go. It's an identity yeah, thing. Identity. Even like what we were talking we about last night. It's yeah. it's a hundred percent identity for them. Yeah. You if if the 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 young women that you're talking about that maybe become wayward or or you know a little uh promiscuous, mm -hmm. that's because they've they've never been affirmed. That's so good, yeah. By that's sad, by man. that by that father. Figure. That's that dad needs to be around. Yeah. yeah. 
The last question, uh, and thank you for answering that. I, you know, I didn't know how that was going to, if you were going to be okay with that or no, where you were cool. where you were at on that. Uh, but the last question is, and this question has nothing to do with what's happened to your daughter, right? Gotcha. Nothing to do with the father figure movement because a lot of times I don't want to ask this question and it seemed like like you're trying to say that you've done something wrong or not, like that you're not, your life's not where you want it to be. But right. if you could go back, it doesn't even have to be you. What is one piece of advice that you would give to let's say a 16 year old kid in our mentorship program or young Reggie, if you, if you can go to that level, um, one piece of advice that you think would, if you could go back and, you know, share it with yourself or share it with the 16 year old kid, uh, that you would have, man, I think, I think the, um, the one thing, and I'm not, I would, I would never say regret. The one thing I wish I knew then is, is even how to get on the path to identifying purpose. Hmm. That's good. I think our young people, and we see a lot of young people who, who are there. Um, but that's one thing that I would tell my young self or a young 16, 17 year old young man is, um, figure out or get on the path to figuring out why you're here, Dude, what's that's your purpose. So good. That's such good advice because I think that, I mean, for instance, for myself, I didn't find my purpose until I was in my thirties. There you go. Late thirties, maybe mid to late thirties. Um, and there's been a fulfillment since I started walking in that purpose yeah. that if I could have had that when I was 17, eight years old, I might not have even gone down the path that I went because it's like I was searching for an artificial purpose. Yeah. And it and, gives you, and it gives you, um, it gives you daily meaning. Yeah. See, a lot of us spend a lot of years with, with no me and, and and again, it's not being regretful. Yeah. But now being in my forties, man, and we were talking about it earlier. Some of that time, I wish I could get back. Yeah. You know, and 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 not necessarily just get it back to have it, but get it back to utilize it differently. Reggie, that's one of the best answers that I've gotten so far. I, I really like that. That one and find a mentor. Obviously, I think it was a good one. Those are. Those are really good right. uh, piece of advice, but yeah, try to start finding your purpose at a young age. You don't have to be forty when you find your purpose. There you go, you and and a lot of kids, man, and we talked about this too. A lot of kids, as parents, we have to encourage that as well. Yeah. See, a lot of times we we try to steer our kids toward what we may be interested in, or or what we want them to be That's interested good. in. But a lot of times our kids will show us part of their purpose early on. And that's where our cultivation has to start. Has to start cultivating it. Yeah. Start and cultivating that thing because now that's God showing the whole, the whole family. Like not only did I make Sean for a reason, I made your son for a reason. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that um, I think our young people, man, have to do a better job. And, and, and again, that goes back to us as fathers and leaders and we have to cultivate them finding their purpose. Finding their purpose instead of pushing them down a road. Because I struggled go. with that. When I first got out, you know, I, when I, the whole time I was in prison, I was thinking, man, I can't wait till I get out. I'm going to start training my son. He's going to be this stud football player. Yeah. And I pushed him kind of down that road. And, and now he choose, he still chooses to play, but it's because he wants to play at his leisure. He doesn't want to play. I don't have to push him to be this stud athlete. He can just enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's an awesome answer. Man, I don't even think this could have gone any better, Reggie. First of all, thank you so much for being vulnerable and willing to share, you know, what you've been through. I know how hard it was on you and your family. For sure. Um, but to turn that into your purpose and what you're doing now is I love everything about you and what you got going on, man. Beautiful family. And I'm really excited to keep walking this out with you as long as you'll have me because 
For sure, Sean. And again, man, I, I can't give you enough gratitude and thanks, man, for having me on, bro, just because um, sometimes sharing the story is different when you're sharing it in a, in a great space with great people, man. So I, and, and, and ever since we met, man, like, you know, again, I'm about divine alignment, man. So this, this is right in alignment with both of our purpose. I feel like, man, I so I, I appreciate it, bro. I agree. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. Um, y'all, I want to, uh, real quick before we cut this off, uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do an episode where I'm just answering you guys questions. Any questions you have on anything at all, it doesn't matter what it's about. I'm going to answer it. Um, so the email is forgiven AF podcast at gmail.com. And I don't care what it is, man. Just even just throw a, throw a question out there just to show us some love, just to show us that you're listening. Um, but that's really it. You guys, uh, Please remember that you're loved and you're forgiven and there's nothing you can do about it. See y'all next week.